In this week's parsha, Rashi brings from the pasuk the words "imal toida yakrivenu," referring to a person bringing a carbon toida, and he explains "imal dvar al neis If he wants to bring a carbon for a miracle that happened to him, and Rashi gives the following examples: Yerde hayam people that traveled on the sea, those that traveled through the deserts, those that were confined in prison and a person that was sick and became healthy. So they need to be thanking Hashem. As the Pasuk says, a Pasuk in Tehillim, They should be thanking Hashem for His kindness and His wonders. Bring karbonos of thanks. So Rashi goes on and says, If for one of these things, this person has made a vow to bring this carbon shlomim, so that is considered a shlomim of a toidah, and they need the various different breads that are discussed in the parsha, and it's only eaten for one day and one night, as the pasuk discusses. So the Rebbe asks: Number one, the word toida means thanks, a carbon of thanksgiving. So why does Rashi have to say that this is referring specifically, specifically for a carbon for a miracle? Number two, even if Rashi has some sort of proof. They were not just speaking about thanking for other things. Rather, it's only for a miracle. But what makes Rashi say that it's referring specifically to these four miracles and nothing else? Now, if you're going to want to say that the proof is from the Pasuk and Tehillim, which Rashi immediately brings, where it says, Yoidu Hashem chasdoi, and the Pasuk enumerates four types of miracles. The question, however, is in Pshute Shal Mikra, in the simple meaning of our Psukim, and in the Psukim over there, who says that the Psukim are referring to only those miracles that you have to bring a carbon toida? You may say that even over there it's referring to the fact that you have to bring a carbon toida for all miracles, and the Pasuk is only giving a number of examples. Because clearly the Pasuk cannot go ahead and enumerate every single type of miracle. So why does Rashi over here tell us that it's referring to these specific four, four things? Number three. Even if you want to try to say that those psukim tell us that it's only for those four miracles, the question still remains, why is it relevant in Rashi over here? Rashi is not a book of halacha. Why does Rashi need to specify all of these four? In order to understand our Pasuk, seemingly Rashi could have just brought one of them as an example, as is common the case in many places in Rashi ala Torah, and he could just say v'chulu, etc., Number four, why does Rashi have to say, after he enumerates all four miracles, he then says again, Imal achas for one of these things he brought this carbon shlomim, then it's a, a shlomim of a toida. The question is, this seems to be the simple meaning in the Pasuk. The Pasuk already said, Imal toida yakrivenu. If the person is bringing a carbon toida, Rashi told us what you're bringing the carbon for, so why does Rashi have to say again, if for one of these things, then this is a carbon toida? Another question that Rebbe asks is the order the way Rashi brings these four particular things. Rashi speaks first about those traveling by sea, then those traveling in the desert, the ones that are in prison, and then the person that was sick and became healthy. And the question is, why is Rashi going in a different order than the Pasuk, Rashi himself says it's a Pasuk, and in the order in Tehillim, it starts off with going in the Midbar, 
then those that were imprisoned, then the person that was sick, and only the last one is Yerde Hayam. So Rashi basically is taking the last one and putting it first. The Rebbe says, you cannot say that the reason why Rashi says this order is because he's trying to go in the order that might be perhaps most common as opposed to the Pasuk. So the Rebbe says, you can't say that. Why not? Because the Gemara also goes in a different order than the Tehillim and in a different order than Rashi. The Gemara's order is first saying those that go in the sea, then mentions those traveling by desert, then the person that became healthy, finally the person that came out of jail. And, the, and Toysfus over there asks a similar question. Why the Gemara changes the order from the Tehillim? Because in Tehillim, it says the Hoylche Midbar, those that go in the desert first, as opposed to the Gemara that speaks about Yerdi Hayam, those that go to the sea first. The Toysfus answers that the Posuk is discussing it in the order of those that are most dangerous first. And the Gemara is going and speaking the order that is most common. So just maybe to summarize um, what we had so far, that is that in the Pasuk it speaks about first Midbar, then jail, then a sick person, and then the sea. According to Toysfus, the reason for this is that we're going from the most dangerous to the least dangerous. So, according to Toysfus, we have that the Midbar is most dangerous, then jail, then a sick person, and the sea as opposed to the Gemara, where the Gemara is going to that which is most common. And therefore the order in the Gemara is first the sea, and then the Midbar, and then a sick person, and only then jail. So in other words, the Gemara's order is the one that's most common. So when Rashi changes it, and puts the sea first, and then the Midbar, and then Beso Asurim and Choyla, which is different, again, the last two are different to the way the Gemara is. He changes the order from jail and a sick person. So he's clearly not going in the order of which is most common. So if that's the case, becomes the question becomes stronger, why the order of Rashi, which is neither according to those that are most dangerous first, as in the Pasuk, nor in the order of those which are most common, as in the Gemara. Then the Rebbe asks one last question, of why is it that by Choylish and Esrape, the Rashi uses Beloshan Yochid in the singular, whereas all others he says Beloshan Rabbim. The Rebbe says additional, in, addition, in addition to this, he's again changing, Rashi is again changing from the Gemara. The Gemara says two of them Beloshan Rabbim, Yerde Hayam, those that go in the sea, and those that travel in the desert. Then the Gemara says two of them in singular, the sick person that became healthy and the person that was in jail and went out, both are in singular. And the Rebbe says, seemingly, the Gemara is understood because when a person is traveling to, in the desert, so too when a person is traveling by sea, it's usually going to be in the company of others. And that's why it makes sense to say them, Beloshan Rabbim. Whereas when a person is sick or a person is in prison, usually in regular circumstances, this is an individual case that this person is having. And that's why I would say Beloshan Yachid. If that's the case, Rashi and Pshutish Mikra surely should have said, similar to the Gemara, putting both of these, Belosh and Yochid, both the prisoner and the sick person. And what Rashi does is only says the Choylish and Esrape in Losh and Yochid. So the Rebbe starts explaining this by explaining that generally in Pasha's Tzav we're discussing Karbonois that basically were already discussed in Pasha's Vayikra, 
But in this parsha, each carbon is getting additional details that were not explained earlier. And the fact that it starts by each carbon saying, that these are the laws of this and this carbon, it only means that certain details are going to be added, not that we're starting to speak about a whole new carbon. Like, for example, in the beginning of this section where it starts, in the beginning of the parsha, so it's coming to teach us about the time of when you burn the various different fats and the limbs of the animal, etc., and this is why the Pasuk starts again, these are the laws for the carbon oil. The same thing is true regarding the rest of the carbonos, that the Parsha is only coming to tell us some unknown facts that we didn't know previously, as Rashi himself explains. However, when it comes to the carbon shlomim, there seems to be no new detail added in this Parsha. Because the Pesach says, These are the laws of the carbon shlomim. And it seems not really to say much more about the carbon shlomim. And then we have another Pesach, which seems to be telling us about a different carbon, not the carbon shlomim that we were talking about before. It says, If you're going to bring a carbon toida, so it's, if that's the case, then what was the Pesach saying about the carbon shlomim? Nothing new was really added about the carbon shlomim. Why don't you just start with the story or with the halachis of the carbon toida? In order to, to take away this issue, Rashi comes and says, As we said before, if on one of these thanks for a miracle, a person is bringing this shlomim, we asked before, why does Rashi have to say that the person is coming and bringing this shlomim, etc.? So the, the Rebbe says, because otherwise we wouldn't understand that the carbon toida is a continuation to the previous Pesach. In other words, that this toida that we're speaking about, that's the continuation of the Pesach, that these are the laws of the carbon shlomim. That means we had certain carbon shlomim that were discussed in the previous Parsha, and now we're starting to discuss another type of carbon shlomim, which is the carbon toida, which has a number of different details than a regular carbon shlomim, for example. As Rashi explains, that there are certain different lechem, certain different breads that need to be brought along with it, and the amount of time that it can be eaten is different to a regular carbon shlomim, as the Pesach goes on and says. How do we know this? So this is understood from the words, imal toido yakri venu. We started speaking about a shlomim, and then it says, if for a toido you brought it. It doesn't say if you bring a carbon toido. Rather, it means we're speaking about a carbon shlomim. And if you're bringing the carbon shlomim for a thanksgiving, then the halachos are, as the pastor goes on and says. And since Rashi's proof is from that word yakri venu, that you're going to bring this carbon toida for it, the carbon shlomim for it, in other words, for a thanksgiving, and furthermore, we don't even have the question just in the Pasuk of Zeus Torah Zevach HaShlomim, because we don't know yet what the Pasuk is going to say further. It's only when we come to the next Pasuk, when we start speaking about a carbon toida, we start wondering what happened to the carbon Shlomim. So that's why Rashi says that the Pshat is, this carbon toida is a continuation to the carbon Shlomim that we were speaking about before, if you're going to bring a carbon Shlomim for the carbon toida. Says the Rebbe, even though the main point of Rashi is to just try to explain that this carbon toida is following and explaining what kind of shlomim we're talking about. Rashi then comes along and explains us, along with his pirush, something that really would be understood even without saying it explicitly, as, as will be understood from what we discuss later, and that is that this obligation for a carbon toida is only for four particular miracles,
And this is actually why Rashi doesn't give this in a separate Rashi, a separate Dibra Maschil to explain what the carbon toida is coming for, uh, for. Because really there's no need completely to say and to explain that this is going to be only for a specific type of thing. Rather, it's just as a part of the previous Rashi, which explains that we're bringing a carbon toida as a certain category within the carbon shlomim. Why is it not just brought for any sort of thanksgiving and any sort of, sort of miracle? So the Rebbe explained it's obvious. The reason is because it's clear that we always need to be thanking Hashem for all the good that He does to each and every one of us. Every single Yid believes in Hashem. Every single Yid believes and knows that everything that He has, even if it seems to come in a natural way, it's clearly coming from Hashem. And as Avraham Avinu said already to even to the rest of the world, He told every person that came to Him, you should be blessing the one of whose food you ate, you think you ate my food, it's Hashem's food. And just like you thank someone that gave you a gift, no matter who it is, how much more so you have to be thanking the Eibishter for all of the many, many presents and gifts that he gives us each and every day. And this is exactly why Chazal established that we should be thanking and praising the Eibishter every day in our Tfilois, in our Brachois. And we find this concept in many stories of the Torah and a number of times, even before this parsha, even just for getting some good news. For example, the Pasuk says by Avram Avinu that he built a Mizbeach, Rashi says because he got the good news that he's going to be having children in Eretz Yisrael. We have a Pasuk that the Yidin believe Moshe Rabbeinu for the good news about the Geula in Eretz Yisrael, etc. They bow down, and many more examples. If this is the case, if a carbon toid is just simply saying thank you to the Abishter, so then each and every person would have to bring a carbon toida every single day, or perhaps even many times a day. And this does not seem logical at all. And even if you want to say that maybe a person should bring a carbon toida once a year, even that's a great chiddush that the toida would have had to say that clearly somewhere. Therefore, even in learning the simple meaning of the Pasuk, we have to say that it's not for every single single situation of thanks that we're bringing a carbon toida, rather for something that's very unusual or not regular, and therefore you also not just yoitzu by saying a bracha for it, as you do in regards to the food you eat, which is also coming because you got a bracha, the Ebishta gave you parnosa, etc. But rather there's something special going on over here, a special miracle that took place. However, this still is not so simple. To just say that we're bringing carbon uh, for miracles is also not so simple. Why? Because we know that the Yidden had already many, many, many miracles. Every single day the Yidden were in the Midbar. They were getting the Mon from heaven in a miraculous way. They also had the Be'er of Miriam. Moshe Rabbeinu is told to strike the rock and the water comes out. They have the constant clouds to protect them from all negative things, from all harmful things. And as Rashi says, that at, well, on the Pasuk, lochem, to go out and fight Amalek. So Rashi says it means he has to go out of the cloud and fight. And again, so all of these things, the mun, the be'er, the clouds were all miracles. And if one has to bring a miracle, a carbon toida for every single miracle, so once again, every single yid, 600,000 Yidden and even more, while they were in the Midbar, should have been bringing Karbonois every single day for all of these miracles. And again, this seems to be something that's not logical at all. Therefore, we have to say that we're not bringing a Karbonoid for every kind of miracle, only certain miracles. And since we have the Pasuk, Yoidul Hashem Chazdoi in Tehillim, and there the Pasuk does bring four specific types of things for which 
Carbonates are brought. As the Pasuk says, to bring the carbonates toida. So then it's understood that the carbon toida is only brought for those miracles that are specified over there. In other words, once we have to say that it's not for every single miracle that we bring a carbon toida, only for certain miracles. So even though in Chumash we don't have an explanation of which kind of miracles you bring the carbon for, but since the Tehillim does bring certain miracles, it makes sense to say that it's not just as an example, but these are particular miracles, and it's only for those miracles that we bring a carbon toida. And this is specifically true since the Pasuk enumerates four miracles. If it's just as an example, the Pasuk could have said one or two miracles, and then we understand that it applies to other miracles. When we start at number like four, it seems to be that it's bedafka these four particular things. Nevertheless, Rashi does not suffice just by bringing the Pasuk and without really specifying all four. Why? Because this Pasuk only says by one of the four types that are brought into Tehillim. It's actually the third one. And that is by the Choylesh and Esrape, the sick person that became healthy. And therefore, if Rashi would just bring that, you may say, oh, maybe it's only for the person that became healthy that he has to bring the carbon toida. All of them, they have to thank Hashem. But the carbon toida only is specified by one of them. Therefore, Rashi specifies all four that are brought there are all chayiv of carbon toida. He can't even say chaylash and esrape v'chulu, etc., because then you would only think that it's for the one that comes after chaylash and esrape. And therefore, Rashi has to already bring the previous ones as well. And even the word v'chulu afterwards wouldn't help because you still have to add something. And therefore, basically, Rashi is bringing all four categories of the miracles. Now, the Rebbe starts explaining why Rashi goes in this particular order. And the Rebbe explains something fascinating. The Rebbe explains, simply when we tell a person to do something because of a certain event that happens... If it's an event that he experienced himself, it's going to be much more easy for him to imagine and to understand the details of it and why he has to bring this carbon, etc. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, when Yidin are being told to bring a carbon toida for particular miracles, in this case, in the Pasuk, it makes sense to say that first they're going to be, it's going to be discussed with them things, miracles that happened with them themselves. Furthermore, if they experienced a few of these miracles for which a carbon toida would have to be brought, it would make sense to do it in the order that these miracles happened. And only then to come along and add any miracles that maybe they didn't experience. Says the Rebbe, out of the four miracles that a carbon toida is brought, the Yidin experienced three of them and exactly the order, the way Rashi says it. First they crossed the sea, the Yam. So that's the first thing that Rashi brings. Then they went into the Midbar, right at the edge of the sea, they're going into the Midbar. And only then does the Abishter decree upon them that they're actually going to be stuck in the Midbar, so they're going to be staying in the Midbar for a while, which is going to be similar to a concept of jail. And in fact, the Rebbe says it's only their children came out many, many years from this jail, so to speak, after 40 years. And the Rebbe actually adds, in fact, the Yidin even knew about it, as Rashi says on the Pasuk and the Shira, that Moshe Rabbeinu is prophesying that only the children are going to go into Eretz Yisrael, but not these Yidin themselves. And even though it's only Moshe Rabbeinu, but the Yidin also saying it together with Moshe Rabbeinu. 
But the Rebbe says even that part is a Gishmaki Inya that's not so relevant right over here, because it's also possible, as Rashi says, that Moshe Rabbeinu not necessarily himself appreciated and understood this prophecy. But the point is anyways, that even when the Yidin are in the Midbar Sinai, the 40 days before Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain, for those 40 days from Matan Torah, and they're waiting in the Midbar, even that's already a certain situation of like sitting in the dark or sitting in, in a similar situation like a prison. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the order that Rashi brings. Yerde Ayam, they first cross the sea. Then they are in the desert, originally in the desert. And then furthermore, they're like imprisoned because they're stuck over here. And only then does Rashi add a fourth category, which the Yidden themselves didn't necessarily experience. Chaylash and Isrape, if someone that's sick and became healthy, and that too needs a carbon toida. Says the Rebbe, now it's again very understood why Rashi brings the first three, Beloshan Rabim, in the plural, and the last one, Beloshan Yochit. Because the first three happened to all of Bnei Yisrael. They all crossed the sea, they all went into the Midbar, they were all then like locked up and um, in jail in the Midbar, as opposed to the fourth category of Chaylash and Isrape. The Rebbe, however, adds it does not necessarily mean that these Yidin had to actually go ahead and bring a carbon toida for these miracles that happened. Because the way they happened by the Yidin then, it wasn't a situation even that as if they were in danger. Because clearly Hashem is guiding them and leading them, and surely it's not, it wouldn't even be possible for any Sakona at the time. The point is only that because these things happen to them, they are more able to relate to these ideas and understand that this is a situation usually of sakana, and therefore someone that goes out of the situation needs to bring a carbon toida. The only thing is, there's surely a question that's a very, very obvious one. Didn't the Yidin just leave Mitzrayim? And shouldn't that be the biggest jail? Shouldn't have that been first? The Rebbe is about to explain why that was not like a jail. So this is what the Rebbe starts the next sif now. However, it's not understood. Being in Mitzrayim seemingly was like being in prison. So Rashi should have started off by speaking about people that were in prison at first. Because Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was the first thing, even before the Yaman, the Yamsuf. And even though you might say that they don't need to bring a carbon toida, even if Mitzrayim is like a jail because this is before they were commanded to bring a carbon toida, they don't have a chi of an obligation yet to bring a carbon toida. The Rebbe says, nevertheless, but I said before already, it's not about whether they had to bring a carbon toida, it's just about whether they could relate to a similar experience. And seemingly, they definitely experienced being in jail while being in Mitzrayim. So the Rebbe says this will be understood if we look carefully at Rashi's words, where he says, those that were chavushe beis ha'asurim, so they were confined or incarcerated in prison. Now, seemingly, it could have just said that they were chavushim; they were imprisoned or confined. Why does? And then we would understand it means they were in a jail. So the Rebbe is explaining that really Rashi is saying that it's dafka someone that was in an actual jail is chayiv in a carbon toida. Whereas if someone would be, for example, just confined in his own house. That would not be the same halacha. And what's the basis for this Rashi? Rashi says, because it says, Yoishvei Those that are sitting in the dark, in the shadow of death, those that are imprisoned in, um, by, the, by the pain and of, of metal, of iron, etc. 
In other words, it's dafka if you are imprisoned. It's not only about the imprisonment itself, the suffering itself, but it's dafka if you are in a place that's also similar to a jail. The Rebbe says, this is why Rashi cannot say that Mitzrayim is like a jail. Yes, they suffer in Mitzrayim, but it's not a jail because, in fact, in Mitzrayim, they weren't Yoshevei Choshech sitting in the dark. They were actually living in Goshen in the best part of Mitzrayim. The fact that they were being enslaved, that's a separate point. That's not one of the people that need to thank Hashem, someone that was working hard or being enslaved. That's not making them prisoners in a jail. As opposed to the Midbar, Midbar by itself inherently is a Mokim Sakana, a place of Sakana. As the Pasuk describes the Midbar being a place of snakes and scorpions, etc. and thirst. And therefore it's understood when a person feels locked up in the Midbar and cannot go out. That's more of an example of a person actually sitting in a jail. So, so far, just to summarize, the Rebbe explained why Rashi needs to bring the idea that it's specifically for miracles of this sort, that one brings a carbon toy, not for any sort of experience that a person wants to thank Hashem for. The Rebbe also explained the order of why Rashi brings it in this particular way, because this is what Yidin experienced. And the final point, which becomes now the most relevant for the continuation of the Sicha, is that the Rebbe is insisting and saying that while they were in Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim itself is not inherently considered a jail. Yes, they were working hard, but it's not actually considered going out of jail. This is the part of the Sicha that now needs to be, uh, that needs to be understood for the continuation. So the Rebbe asks a question from the Alter Rebbe in Shulchan Aruch. The Alter Rebbe says that the minig in these countries is that the three matzois of mitzvah, the three matzois being used for the Seder, are made all together out of a certain amount of flour altogether, called one isoroin. The reason for this being is so that it should be similar to the breads that were bought, brought with a carbon toida. There, there was also three chalois were made out of one isoroin. So just first to clarify before continuing the Alter Rebbe, this is going to be very relevant for the next part of the Sicha, so just to clarify this point. With every carbon toida, the Torah tells us that 40 chalois were brought. Now out of these 40 chalois, 30 of them were matzah, in other words, were not chametzdik, and 10 of them were chametzdik. And these 30 chalois were brought from 10 isoroin of flour. Isoroin obviously being a certain amount of flour. If 30 chalois are brought from 10 isoroin, and we're soon going to see that these 30 are also divided into three groups of 10 each. Uh, each 10 is another kind of, of chala. But the point is that if 30 chalois are all made of 10 isoroin, then it's one isoroin per three chalois. So this is what the Alter Rebbe is telling us, that the minig is, when we have three matzois, similar to three chalois of the carbon toida, we're having three matzois, we're going to make it out of one isorin, just like over there, each three chalois were made out of one isorin. Now continuing the Alter Rebbe. So this is why we have three matzois, we make a zecher to the bread that came with the carbon toida, when a person comes out of jail, here's the key words that's going to be the problem, because when a person comes out of jail, he has to bring a carbon toida, and on Pesach, we came out, we came out of jail, from being enslaved in Mitzrayim, and therefore we make a zecher for these breads of the carbon toida. What do we see from this Alter Rebbe? That Alter Rebbe is clearly, seemingly saying, that Mitzrayim is like a jail, that would have to bring a carbon toida. 
And therefore, why does Rashi, according to the way the Rebbe explained it, why is Rashi not counting Mitzrayim as the first thing of the four? And that should be the jail. However, the Rebbe says the truth of the matter is the question really should go the other way around. The Alter Rebbe himself paskins in the Halachis of Brachis that if a person is chavush bevesasurim, if a person is confined in jail for a matter of a situation where there could have been capital punishment or for a situation where there would where there been a big money loss, im barzel, if he was shackled in chains, then he's chayiv to make the brach of hagoymel. And so too he would be chayiv to bring a carbon toida because the bracha of Agoimel is learned from the same people that are chayiv in a carbon toida. If that's the case, the question should really be the other way around. How could the Alter Rebbe be saying that Mitzrayim is considered a base hoasurim if seemingly, as we said before, they were living in Goishen? It does not seem to be as the Alter Rebbe is describing what a jail is right over here, sitting shackled in the chains and so on and so forth. In order to explain this, the Rebbe starts dealing with another question related to the union of a carbon toida. So the Alter Rebbe writes in Shulchan Aruch that it's the minog that we don't say mizmer l'soida on Shabbos and Yom Tif because a carbon toida is not brought on those days. We also don't say it on Pesach because you cannot bring a carbon toida because as mentioned before, part of the carbon toida would have been chametz. We also don't say it on Erev Pesach. So the Alter Rebbe is telling us clearly over here that we don't make a zecher for a carbon toida on Pesach even by just saying the words of Mizmur Lusoida. If that's the case, how could we go and actually be doing an act as a zecher to a carbon toida on the night of Pesach by having the three matzos? As we just explained, the three matzos are having the, the certain amount of flour similar to the carbon toida. And we have a Kalachoyimah, the Rebbe says. The reason why we need to say Mizmer Lusoida, of the opinion that says to say Mizmer Lusoida on Shabbos and Yom Tov and Pesach, the Torah says, because there's nothing to be concerned about, that just because we said Mizmer Lusoida now, we're going to end up thinking that we need to bring it when the Mashiach comes and the base of Migdash will be built. We'll have to bring a carbon toida. The Torah says people wouldn't make such a big mistake. And the base Yosef explains, because this Mizmer that we're saying, we're not actually saying it as if we're bringing a carbon toida, we're just thanking Hashem. And the Bach says that the reason we say it is because it says that all the shirois are going to be bottle lost lavoy, besides Mizmer Lasoida. And therefore, there's really no problem in saying Mizmer Lasoida. In other words, it's, it sounds like those that say that you shouldn't say Mizmer Lasoida on Shabbos and Yom Tov, it sounds like their opinion is that we are saying it because of the carbon toida. And seemingly, that's also what the Alter Rebbe holds, because he speaks about saying the Karbonois, the Parshi, so the Karbonois standing, and he says, V'chein Mizmer L'soida, just like the Karbonois had to be when the Kayin was standing. Now, in regards to the Karbonois, the Alter Rebbe says clearly that when a person is involved in the Torah's oil, learning about the Karbonois and speaking about the Karbonois, it's as if he brings a Karbon. And therefore, the Alter Rebbe says, it's good to say the Parsha of the oil and the Mincha and the Shlomim and the Toida, as well as the Karbonis Chatos, Ashem Vado, Ashem Tolu, So it sounds like the Alter Rebbe is saying that saying Mizmer Lasoida is also included in this idea of because when you speak about a carbon, it's as if you brought it. And that would make sense then, the reason why the Alter Rebbe Paskins, why we don't say it on Shabbos and Yom Tif, and we don't say it on Pesach because we don't want to do something similar to the carbon toida on Pesach, because as said before, 
that we have the chametz over there. However, the Rebbe says, in truth, we cannot say that that is the reason why we say Mizmer L'Soida is because of the carbon toida. Because really, the Alt Rebbe himself says, there's places that say Mizmer L'Soida because of what? Because all the Shiroi's, as we said before, are going to be bottle besides for Mizmer L'Soida. And the Alt Rebbe says, because of this, you should actually sort of be prolonging the Mizmer L'Soida, saying it in a way of a song. Meaning the Alter Rebbe himself also says that it's not really connected to the carbon toida, but rather because of the special shira that it is. If that's the case, it follows that it seems to be that the Alter Rebbe is saying that it's not even for the carbon. Then if that's the case, why shouldn't you say it on Pesach? So it seems to be that even if we're not saying it for the carbon, nevertheless, because we're mentioning the words of a carbon toida. Even that's something we shouldn't be doing in a time that we don't bring the carbon toida, if it would be the base of understanding. And that's why the Alter Rebbe holds, as the Rebbe points out, at least in Madura Kamo, that's for another discussion, the Rebbe discusses over here in the Horus as well, but they have to say it's standing up, because at least you're mentioning the carbon toida. So back to the main point of the question. If Mizmer Lusoida, where we're not necessarily even speaking about the carbon toida, we're not saying on Pesach because it has some sort of way of alluding to the carbon toida, and the carbon toida would have bread. If that's the case, um, and Pesach, how, how could we go ahead and actually be doing an action to go ahead and have the three matzos made out of one isorin as a zecher for a carbon toida? In order to explain this, the Rebbe goes back to the source of this idea of making the three matzos out of this particular amount of flour, of one isorin. The Rebbe goes back to the Rishonim, the Rosh and the Mordechai. But we'll see a difference between the two. In the Rosh, the Rosh says the reason we take three matzos on the night of Pesach is so that we have two shleimois, as every umtiv, two complete um, loaves. And then we add a broken one because of lechem oini. Then the Rosh adds... That the Minigan Ashkenaz and Sarfas in Germany and France is to make them out of one Yisorin as a Zecher for the breads of the Toida. As said, because a person that comes out of jail brings the breads of Toida. And these breads of Toida came from three types of Matzois. Right? One is called Chalois, one is called Rekikin, one is called Revucha, one is more of a loaf, one is more of a flatbread, the other one is scalded in boiling hot water. In addition to, of course, the Chametz one. And he again mentions this point, and three chalois would be made out of one isorin. The Mordechai says seemingly something similar, but we'll see it's quite different. The Mordechai says, we take three matzois as a zecher for the lachmei toida, for the breads of the toida. As the Pesach tells us that four people need to be thanking Hashem. And by lachmei toida, there were three types of matzah, again besides the chametz the koan. And then the Mordechai goes on and says, even though really, ideally, there was supposed to be 40 chalois, as we said before, 30 are matzah and 10 are chametz. Nevertheless, bidi eved, if you made just four, in other words, one of each kind, you would also be yoytzah. And three of them are matzah and one is chametz. So it's perfect. We have the three matzahs right now corresponding to that minimum amount that a person would bring with a carbon toida. So the Rebbe says we see a big difference between the Rosh and the Mordechai. Regarding why we take three matzois, the Rosh is actually saying a different reason. The Rosh is saying the reason is because of the shleimois having two whole matzois, so one broken one. And the reason for the zeicher letoida, that's only the amount of flour that we take. 
But according to the Mordechai, the reason we're taking three matzois is because of the three matzois that would be the minimal amount to bring with a carbon toida. The Rebbe says actually based on this idea, the Rebbe is now referring to a carbon nesanel that tries and asks a question on the Rosh, and the Rebbe is going to explain why really there's no question at all. The carbon nesanel asks that by the lachmei toida, as we said, there's really supposed to be 40 chalois, and matzah would be 30. So he's asking on the Rosh that speaks about this idea of bringing the three matzois corresponding to the three matzois of the carbon toida. The carbon nesanel is asking, but isn't there supposed to be 30 matzois? So he answers, similar to the Mordechai, and he actually refers to the Mordechai, and he says, ah, because by the Eved, four would be enough, and three of them are matzah. But the Rebbe says, in truth, there's no question on the Mordechai. The Mordechai never said that the reason we're having three matzois, sorry, on the Rosh. The Rosh never, there's no question on the Rosh. The Rosh never said that the reason we're having three matzois is because of the carbon toidah. He said the reason we're having three matzois is because of the two shleimois and the one broken one. The reason we're making it from one isaroin is a zeichet to the, to the toida. And therefore, even if we would need to bring 30 matzois, even if the halacha would be, you absolutely have to bring the 30 matzois, there would still be no problem. Because we're not making a zeichet to the number of matzois with the carbon toida. With these matzis for the carbon toida, we're only having again the three matzis are for a different reason because of the two shleimos and the broken one. We say once we're bringing three matzis, it will be the equivalent amount of three matzis of the carbon toida. In other words, in the quantity of the amount of flour. However, according to the Mordechai, that the whole zecher, the three matzis, is for the carbon toida. So if that's the case, if it would be a situation that you actually need to have 30 matzois, then it actually wouldn't even make sense to bring 3 matzois. A further point is that according to the Rosh, how could you say that the 3 matzois are made of one isorin? Because Bidi Eved, if you made 4 matzois and 3 of them, 4 chalos, one, 3 of them matzois and 1 of them chametz, it would be fine. The Rebbe says there's a problem with that, because this halacha is only if you made the three matzois out of the full ten esroinim. Not if you made three matzois out of one esroin, which is what's happening over here. In other words, according to the Mordechai, the reason that we're saying that there's three matzois is because, as we said, that the halacha is three matzois would be enough. It's not about the amount of the quantity of flour that's going in. According to the Rosh again, the main point is the three matzois, what they correspond to is something else completely, nothing to do with the carbon toida. However, the amount that's being put in, that's the zeichet of the carbon toida. So the Rebbe now says we have a huge difference between the Rosh and the Mordechai in connection to our discussion. Again, according to the Mordechai, that the number of matzis is a zeichet to the carbon toida, then when we take out those matzis and Pesach, we have a very clear zeichet for a carbon toida. There's three matzis on the table. That would definitely be considered a zeichet. According to the Rosh, however, that the number of matzis is for a different reason. It's only if you start measuring the amount of flour inside the matzis, you'll know that this is some sort of zeichet for the carbon toida. So clearly that's not such a clear and obvious thing in the matzah. So now let's look at the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe says we take three matzos. He says similar to the Rosh. He says that we take three matzos. He says like this, we take two shleimos, 
which we need to break like every single Yom Tev. In addition to that, you need another piece of matzah because of Lechem Oini. So clearly, he's using the reason of the Rosh, and they're not like the Mordechai, and the Zecher for the carbon toida is only by the fact, the amount of flour that's being used. So in other words, according to the Alter Rebbe, we're also not making a very clear Zecher by the Seder for the carbon toida, just as some sort of hidden sort of way about the amount of flour. So now let's sort of summarize the last few points and then we'll go back to our original question. The Rebbe asked a question how the Alter Rebbe could come along and say that we're having a Zeicher for the carbon toida by the Seder because we went out of jail. The Rebbe says seemingly carbon toida doesn't fit on Pesach at all because it's Chamedzik or part of it is Chamedzik. That's why we don't say Mizmor Lasoida. We don't even speak about the Mizmor Lasoida. But now the Rebbe explained that the Zeicher is really a very, very far one or very hidden one so the Alter Rebbe now says now it's not a so the Rebbe now says now it's no longer a contradiction that we on the one hand we don't say Mizmer Lusoyda because they were clearly speaking about the carbon toida and we don't speak about it in a day that we wouldn't be able to bring a carbon toida whereas here where the Zecher is not visible at all in other words it's not about the three matzos as we said it's about the amount of flour in each one so it doesn't matter that there's some sort of hidden remez for the carbon toida now let's go back to the previous question, where the, Re- the Rebbe said that seemingly the Alter Rebbe is saying that we did go out of jail on Pesach from Mitzrayim, and that seemed to be different to the way the Rebbe learned Rashi, that we did not go out of jail. Says the Rebbe, according to the Alter Rebbe, that we now said that the Zecher with the lach, to the Lach Meitoida is not an absolute Zecher. So the Rebbe says, when the Alter Rebbe says within that same sentence, that we on Pesach also went out, me Beiswasurin, also similar to this. It's not me doesn't mean literally came out of Beiswasurim, but we came out to something similar to a Beiswasurim, but not the kind of Beiswasurim that would actually need to make you bring a carbon toida. And this is what the Alter Rebbe is saying. Lefichach, therefore we make three matzois out of one isoroin. The Alter Rebbe says zecher. In other words, it's only a zecher. It's purely a zecher, only like a little remis for the toida. And then he goes on and says, and we on Pesach also went out of Beis Asurim, also in a similar way. It's only similar to a Beis Asurim, also just a remes, but not literally Beis Asurim, just like the Zeichet to the carbon toida is not an actual thing of the carbon toida. And the Rebbe says this will be even more Geshmak if we look at the Alter Rebbe's words where he says, Meshibud Mitzrayim from the enslavement of Mitzrayim. Seemingly, if the Alter Rebbe said already we went out of jail, why does he need to add Meshibud Mitzrayim from the enslavement of Mitzrayim? So the Rebbe says, because the Alter Rebbe is trying to tell us that he doesn't mean that Mitzrayim was literally a jail, but rather the main point is that we were enslaved. So in summary, again, the Rebbe is now coming back to the original conclusion that according to Rashi and even according to the Alter Rebbe, Mitzrayim is not really considered a proper base of Asurim, although of course we were terribly enslaved over there. The Rebbe finishes off with the Hayra, that as long as a Yid is in Shibud Mitzrayim and Golos, in a place, all Golos is called like Mitzrayim. Despite all the good that he may have there, like the Yid may have had Eretz Goishen, nevertheless he is still confined and imprisoned. And you could even compare it at least in some way to a jail of Yoshev Cheshach Vitzhamavis, which would need to bring you, make you bring a carbon toida. Because in truth, as long as we're in Golos, as long as we don't have a situation of Elikus shining in a revealed way, then the Elikus inside of him is, so to speak, like in a jail inside of the Cheshach and Salmavis, which is the Klippa. And therefore it's understood that each and every day we need to be anticipating, waiting, 
that we're, the Abisha should come and take us out of the spiritual jail and out of the physical jail and take us with Mashiach, Kaimimiyus Laartseinu.